Fine Memory, the podcast about movies, memories, and refreshing beverages. I'm Eric Fell. I'm Jason Dedrick. I'm Vicki Van. And we're going to be talking about Close Encounters of the Third Kind, written and directed by Steven Spielberg. Oh, I remember him. <laughs> what the heck ever happened to that skinny little Steven Spielberg kid? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, whatever happened to that guy? I think he turned out pretty well. He did I think some, he did. did some good things. Did the duel. Did the 1941? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his hits. His hits. <laughs> Big friendly giant, and that was it. That was all. <laughs> that's all there was. Um, so, yeah, Close Encounters. For me, um, as a kid, I never saw it in the theater. Okay. I was me born in 76. Yeah, me neither. Uh, so, or, yeah. I mean, I was not, I didn't see it either. Not. I was neither born in 76. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in 76. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was, I saw it on TV, right? I saw it mm. on, uh, I guess it was VHS. And what I realized later on is the version that was released on VHS has a different ending than the version <laughs> that A, was released in uh, the theaters. Right. And then there's a third version of Close Encounters, uh, which is the one that I watched most recently. That's the director's cut? That is the director's cut. I should have watched the director's uh, cut. It's okay. Yeah. It's really, honestly, it's just like a couple of difference. That's what yeah. I noticed. That's yeah. why I didn't do it yet. I got the, 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 the three set out from the library. So I was old enough to see it in the theater. But I didn't because, as we've established, I'm a big wuss. And if anything <laughs> looks vaguely scary, I am out. I would have been uh, eight years old in the... Uh, the uh, the imagery of it was all around us at that time. That that poster with the road that went off into the distance. Mm. <laughs> I have a story about that. I'll do it later <laughs> on. But that was just so iconic. I remember drawing that. that. I mean, the jaws, the triangle of jaws coming up to the swimmer was parodied so much. And then that long road with the light in the distance was everywhere. And so uh, people told me I should see it. I didn't. But I saw it two years later. So I was still a kid. I was still nervous. Mm. It's not scary. No. It's wonderful. As a kid. And I'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw it, uh, I believe, on VHS the first time I saw it. Um, I was in fr- the very first scene. I was a little confused. I remember being like, what is this movie with the planes in the desert? But when the scene with the truck, uh, and when it the first early scene with Richard Dreyfuss in the truck, at the train crossing, uh, that's when I was like, "Oh, this is a good movie." <laughs> <laughs> oh, right when when he's when he's waving the trucks by, the yeah, truck the bike, and then there's it, a set of lights that suddenly just, just go, go up. up. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great moment. I was yeah. watching it with Katie the other day. She hadn't seen it since she was a kid, and yeah. I think she, when watching, she was like, "I, I don't remember enjoying this movie so much," <laughs> and. She's like, I don't remember the fact that it is such so epic in scope because it is a very epic film. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just we're not just following um, Richard Dreyfus and his family uh, completely breaking down. Yeah, um, <laughs> pretty quick too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're also following, um, you know, a, a Melinda Dillon and a, a child named Barry, which I suppose is where adults named Barry come from. But, yes, you know, don't see it every day. It <laughs> hit my ear. Hard that name. Like, Benji, maybe, but Barry? I was thinking about why people don't name their kids Barry anymore. Mm. And Barry is short for, I 
think it's short for Bartholomew, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And no one's going to name their kid Bartholomew <laughs> after 1987. <laughs> I think that's I think that's why. What it happened in be. 1987? Uh, a little, little TV show about a kid named Bartholomew Simpson. Oh, <laughs> it's a show yeah. Show about Tracy Ullman, though. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. Okay. Because I was I was thinking about it because Bartholomew or Bart. Yeah. That's, no one's going to name their kid Bart. Yeah. Um, but then there's also uh, Bob Balaban. And, yes. And Francois Truffaut. Yeah. And, you know, when I was little, I was like, oh, it's the French guy from Close Encounters. And now I'm like, <laughs> oh, one of the greatest directors. <laughs> greatest directors of all time. You know, Day for Night is one of my favorite movies. Mm. Um, and so, but yeah, I didn't sort of clock in how wide a scope this movie had when I was little. I, I also thought of it as, oh, that's the movie where, you know, the guy and the truck and then he goes off. Right. I, for some reason, I seem to remember only the second half of the film. And the same thing was with with, uh, with Katie as well. Because that first half is just massive. Yeah. yeah. In scale. Like this, there's a huge scene in India. And yeah. And it's funny that you say that too. Because I think that's what sort of threw me off a little bit. I remember as, a, as the kid seeing it, it, that it made kind of sense to me. And then years ago, seeing it in pieces on TV. And then if you came in at the wrong time, you thought, oh, I think this has been edited weird. But now watching it straight through... <laughs> It's not really edited weird. It jumps from story to story. It's not the story of Richard Dreyfuss's family, as you say. It's all these other ones. But to me, it almost seemed episodic. Yeah. Linearly episodic. But I was just like, what's this now? And I, I felt a little bit like, what? There's a hearing? How did they get to the hearing? All right. No, I'll buy it. I'm going along with it. But for as a second time watcher, I was constantly like, What? <laughs> what? Okay, still enjoying it, but what? But it's funny you mentioned Bob Balaban because as soon as he came out, I'm so used to him doing nothing but comedy now that I'm like, oh, right, what's he going to be doing? Yeah, he's going to be great. Who's like, who's pitching an NBC pilot? Is George Costanza and Jerry Seinfeld going to come out? Exactly. Is no, he going to organize the Mighty Wind thing and come yeah. out and all the microphones are going to be too high? But he's translating somehow. No, a cartographer. A very serious, serious cartographer. Very serious cartographer. <laughs> yes. And translator. And translator. Yeah, I remember seeing this again a couple years ago. Uh, for the first time, I saw it on uh, the big screen. Because I'd never seen it on the big screen. I just missed it. We, we did a whole spate of drive-in movies when I was little. And I think that started with, like, Ghostbusters and... I remember seeing Garp, the world according to Garp, when I was really little, and ET. Um, but the first time I saw it in the big on the big screen, it's like in my forties, and it's it's at a really a it's you think it's a movie for kids, but it's really like an awe inspiring kind of kid like movie for adults, you know? Yeah, like with all the intertwining stories and. All the the kind of mental breakdown stuff. It's it's really I think meant for adults, but it still has that awe kind of thing. Batteries not included. Five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three batteries not included. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I caught it a year ago at uh, I think Viff had a seventies film festival. Yeah. And I watched it with uh, Joanna Gaskell, friend of the podcast, mm. fellow critical hit show person. Um, and about halfway through the movie, we kind of looked at each other and thought. And said, like, the same time, this movie's a lot shoutier than I remember. I don't remember all the shouting. And watching it again, 
with uh, with Katie, and Katie's just like, oh, I'm fe-, like Katie started feeling anxious, <laughs> like a, a faulty towers there. episode where you're just like, I'm gonna burst. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah like, it was a very uh, very shouty movie, mm. and it, it is interesting because you watch it when you're when you're younger and you're like, yay, Richard Dreyfus, you go. And now I'm watching like, oh, his marriage is breaking down and they're not communicating and oh, he's leaving them and. Oh, Terry Gard's just doing the best she can. <laughs> the and, child crying oh, at the table. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh my yeah. God. When the little kid was crying at the table. Or when the kid was yelling, cry baby, cry baby. Oh, and man. Richard Dreyfuss in yeah. the bathtub. I found something out about that scene. Mm. Um, if you watch this movie after watching The Fablemans, yeah. <laughs> you see it in a real different light. Oh, okay. Um, because so much of The Fablemans was like, well, I don't know if you've seen The Fablemans. Yeah, I have. Um, so much of that is what really happened to Spielberg and he was in an interview for the Fablemans and he was talking about how he walked in on his dad breaking down and crying and as a little kid he his only reaction was to yell at him and call him cry baby cry baby and put and he so he put that in Close Encounters wow Um, okay but it really did it like there was like this anxious stuff of like that really felt like people it Mm. felt like real arguing and real fighting not Mm. snarky screenwriting it just felt (laughs) real and Stressful. Yes. Yeah. Everything stressful about the the film too. For for me, uh, I'm not a neat freak by any means. My house looks like their house, <laughs> but I don't like to see somebody's house in a movie that looks like a real house with piled stuff and and messy uh, messy fridges really? and uh, yeah. Okay. That, uh, real art on the fridge. <laughs> I know that's what I have and what I had as a kid. But for some reason, when I saw that, I, I was more, I like the sanitized, I like Rob Petrie's house. <laughs> That's what I want my movie houses to look like. And so like the Goonies house in Goonies freaked me out. Uh, the house in Caddyshack with everybody, again, shouty at the beginning and kind of chaos and dirty sink. And they're just like. That's what gets me is dirty sink. I don't mind water. <laughs> when I see food in the sink. And he's like, well, fruit flies are going to come in and we're never going to get rid of them. <laughs> That's right. That's my summer shot now. It's fruit flies all damn summer. Yeah, that's what it is. That's that's what really that's what really did. And there is a, there is a, a shot. I know the shot in Close Encounters when he's throwing all the stuff through the window. Yeah. For me, it's not the bricks going through the window and breaking the plates. There is a frying pan, <laughs> and it looks like last last night's like ground beef or black. Oh. Yeah, they've had like tacos or something, and oh, yeah, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Anyway, what, what clutter uh, stressed you out in the film, Vicky? Um, it felt really familiar. Both Spielberg movies, the houses feel really cozy for me. I don't know what you yeah. guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like E.T., uh, the kind of lighting, it's, everything's underlit mm-hmm. um, and like naturally lit. And it's cluttered and it's normal. And I find the sanitized spaces, <laughs> those make me stressed out. And oh, go, interesting. Okay. You know, like... Who the hell lives here? <laughs> There's all this open space and well, yeah, I feel like surfaces. I feel like with this movie and with a lot of Spielberg movies, like the homes do feel like real homes, and you watch them now from a nostalgia point of view. It's like, yeah, that's what my home looked like in the late seventies, mm. early eighties. You know, like with ET, it was yeah, all the Star Wars toys lying around. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it for me. And honestly, that's what my place is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mine too. Everything's laying around, and it's just there, and it's got a thick layer of dust on it. Don't touch it. It's important to me. Do you ever hold it? I don't hold it. It's there. Nigel Tufnell, don't don't even look at it. No, no. It's your totem. I have those uh, McFarlane uh, Beatles figures. 
and as the dust settles on them, they all age, <laughs> right? They're all accurate now, <laughs> except for Ringo. Nobody can be as dark as Ringo. <laughs> yeah, he uses that, that, uh, that pigment in his hair that, that someone uh, patented. That one that like, lets him, that absorbs all light. All light falls in. <laughs> Fanta Black. That's, that's what that's called. Ringo Star, the black, black hole. But enough about Ringo Star. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you mentioned uh, Vicky the, the 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 scene at the at the railroad crossing, and that's what I was reminded of that I alluded to earlier. And I thought there's no logical way to get back to it unless I piggyback it on your story. <laughs> okay, because that iconic poster with the light in the distance and mm-hmm. the road going off was so iconic. One of the things I did as a kid is I would I was one of the kids that ran, rode on the uh, Brian Regan you ride on the hump. The kid likes the hump. Oh, okay. He wrote on the automatic <laughs> transmission and put my chin on the uh, dashboard so I could see <laughs> into the distance. And every light that came over on this lonely road, I forget where it was, out in Langley somewhere probably. Anytime a light came up, I was like, oh, it's a UFO, it's a UFO. <laughs> then I would have my little thing. And then the next time I, uh, headlights of a car came up and it would come up over the horizon, I'd be, oh, it's a UFO, it's a UFO. And I would have my little <laughs> moment. And I was looking and there was the light and then these yellow lights came up and then they went up and then red lights came up, and it was going too high. And just for a moment, I thought, this, this is it. <laughs> and then the headlights came up, and it was just a big truck. <laughs> but I had this wonderful moment. I had my Close Encounters oh. moment right there. Yeah, there's really something about that, that moment between, um, like, seeing something and then realizing what it is. It's that, like, half second yeah. where, where it's like the Schrodinger's cat of fantasy, <laughs> where it's like, Oh, this could be a thing. This could be a thing. This could be a thing. And I feel like that's that's what a Spielberg movie is. Yeah. That, that Spielberg does that. Like, um, I remember when I first started driving my car, a uh, 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 lightning hit near my car. Oh. And, like, my car actually, like, stalled. And it was really scary. And um, I went home, and the first thing I did was pick up a piece of metal to see if I could bend it. <laughs> <laughs> because you never know. You never know. <laughs> So yeah, so the uh, the food, the snacks in the movie, the drinks in the I tell you something, watching a movie like that though, it really whets your appetite. No, it doesn't. It quenches your thirst. No, we better start this one over. <laughs> Talking about a movie like this sure makes me thirsty. <laughs> and it is refresh your memory after all. So we've got space-themed drinks. I don't know what they drank in the movie. They drank some... Uh, Budweiser. There's a lot of Budweiser in the film. Even a Budweiser advertisement, now that you mention it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Budweiser ad. There's Bud in the film. There's even like a Piggly Wiggly truck. Yes. And some Baskin Robbins. Um, yeah, I think that's really... But not a Bud truck. I don't think oh, there's a no. Budweiser truck. Hmm. No, they just get their commercial actually played on TV and <laughs> product placement. <laughs> well, we're not drinking any beer today. You remember the number two man in space? Oh, yeah. Edwin Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> That's right. Well, this drink here is, is inspired by the great man himself. It's, this is a buzzed Aldrin. Nice. Uh-huh. And it's got tang in it, so you can take it to the moon and back. <laughs> and it'll take you to the moon and back, baby! <laughs> And it's so simple to make. I mean, what could possibly be better than having Tang? Also, vodka, ounce and a half of that, drizzle of grenadine and some club soda. You've got yourself a buzzed Aldrin. Cheers. Cheers. To our first episode. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, yeah. Mm, this means something. Mm. <laughs> I think that's the thing I do know is I take a sip and I quote the movie. I think I did that for the other ones. I hope I did it for the other ones because I'm doing it now. The only quote I got from the movie is Parlez-vous Francais. <laughs> and I wrote that down real late. <laughs> that's a nice drink. You, you remember really taste Beep? the tang. Do you remember Beep, the uh, Safeway product that was like tang? <laughs> no. I want to know everything about Beep. <laughs> Can we just do a new podcast about beep? <laughs> I will do some beep research, so I will come back with some beep in the future. This, Jason. Yes, sir. This is not the only beverage we have here at the table. No, something has been beamed in from deep <laughs> in the cosmos. It has eyeballs. It's a little green man shooter. A little Greenman shooter. <laughs> Greenman? <laughs> Greenman. And this is uh, uh, this is gin and lime. It's a, it's, it's a it's a it's a gin Ricky. <laughs> it's a gin Ricky. <laughs> a gin Ricky Dreyfus. <laughs> well, but the eyes are a choking hazard, so just like the real Richard Dreyfus. Be careful. Hmm. <laughs> All the eyes came off, but it couldn't get my jello out. <laughs> yeah, the eyes are delicious. <laughs> They're gonna have to loosen. Oh, that's a lot of gin. This is this is what we want to hear. What we want to hear is people with a mouthful of eyes. <laughs> By the way, my favorite '90s grunge band is oh. Mouthful of Eyes. Oh yeah, no, they're wonderful. <laughs> oh yeah. That's how. Oh, that's heavy. Oh, that's I think I, I think I found the gin in the gin, Ricky. <laughs> I'm gonna use the little end. That's also the Richard Dreyfus reference. <laughs> We're gonna get a very angry phone call. <laughs> I don't like the way you were talking about me in your podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Richard, in advance. <laughs> I have very possibly won an Academy Award. <laughs> Was he nominated for this? <laughs> um, I don't think so. No, Melinda he... Dillon was. Oh, was oh my she? God, she was so good. Yeah, I'm so glad she was nominated. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, look into the making of the film too much because I was so taken by the experience of it as a kid and mm. now um, that's great I thought she was absolutely fantastic yeah she's like, kind of like fragile but strong at the same time mm-hmm. how's that cello coming it's uh, <laughs> so half of it's in my beard a <laughs> little bit for later on <laughs> I wasn't drinking, officer. This jello is from yeah. earlier in the day. This jello is just resting in my. It's not. It's not just resting in my beard. I wash it down with this buzzed Aldrin. By the way, the buzzed Aldrin you said was vodka tang, and there's uh, something else in here: grenadine uh, and uh, yes. uh, club soda, just to uh, sparkle up your uh, mm. ivories. <laughs> Sounds like, please, uh, folks, if you're going to rinse your mouth in the morning, rinse with uh, fizzy water. It feels great. You really feel the cleaning happen. That's all I've ever used is Elka-Seltzer, battery acid, anything that bubbles, anything that fizzes is my, uh, my uh, mouth routine. Like rabies. <laughs> Do I ever? Thanks for asking. <laughs> So if we were going to make up a drink based on Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Spielberg's, maybe his finest commercial film. Because uh, of the Budweiser commercial? Because of the Budweiser, Budweiser yeah. commercial film. And the, the 
Piggly Wiggly, was it? Yeah, and then there's another commercial in the background with, I swear, Gopher from the Love Boat is interviewing somebody at a grocery store. Oh, and I have to watch it again. <laughs> so what do we do? A drink with a crying in the bathroom kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. A little salt water. <laughs> The, t- the tears of a kid whose parents are on the brink of divorce. Mental illness in a drink. With a little bit of awe. <laughs> More awe. More awe. Well, that's a, I mean, it's a really good one because I a lot of the times when I think of making drinks for the movies, they are uh, based on the palette, the color palette of the film. Oh. Now, we got our Buzz Aldrin with that great orangey red mm. that is throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't ha- I don't have to think about that. Um one of the things that really struck me this time was the uh, the clouds that suddenly form. Yeah. Like, is, right. there, is there a drink? Is there something we can do to a drink that will do that? Like you make you make the drink and then you add the cream. Right or uh, or absinthe? <laughs> Doesn't it go into a cloud? Let's not do absinthe. Let's no. Not, let's not do absinthe. Let's never do absinthe. Okay. Yeah. Well, dumping oh, cream into something. Yeah. So and so this might actually be in the making of it because there's so much going on there. Right. Um, Potato vodka. Okay. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oops, sorry. That's all right. We're not recording any of this. So. <laughs> Potato vodka uh, is going to give us the clarity we need. We're going to be dumping cream into it. A nice heavy cream. Yes. Yes. Or, or eggnog. <laughs> Maybe heavy cream. Okay. Will be now, yeah, just we heavy do cream. need to remember this drink will be made for us by Ian. We should check to see if Ian is lactose intolerant because this would be oh. terrible of us. I think he's fine. Does, he... does Ian have any food allergies? No. If so, I mean, no, I'm not going to publicize them anyway. <laughs> Folks, here are Ian's weaknesses. <laughs> Kryptonite. Um, but I mean, there must be something uh, nicer in it than just vodka yeah. and cream. Although... <laughs> Okay, with something, some sort of like um, to represent the uh, the lights. You know those the... those glowing uh, ice cubes you get at like the Richmond Night Market. Have you been? Yes. Yeah, with you get those drinks with a glowing ice cube oh, and the, the, the dry ones, yeah. ice coming out of the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. That one could of those. be really cool. Um, I have some glowing ice cubes. Oh. Oddly enough. Magical. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about like a droplets of some sort of like uh, liqueurs? Mm. Yeah. But what? Green again? Green again. You could do a sourpuss yeah. or all the uh, uh, familial strife. Sourpuss. But something has to be sweet as well. Oh, of course. I mean, it's Spielberg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, plus we something drink sparkling. It. Yes. <laughs> I we think sourpuss, potato, vodka, and cream might not be. <laughs> oh, yes. We're, we might be making cottage cheese <laughs> on this one. Maybe not sourpuss. <laughs> <laughs> Just over a bit of brown sugar to represent the brown palette that so many homes of the 70s and 80s <laughs> featured. So there you go. Two cubes of brown sugar, some vodka on top of that, a drizzle of cream to warm <laughs> to, to warn you of the upcoming green dots of sourpuss liqueur. It's called A Close Encounter. <laughs> what a letdown! <laughs> we have about Close Encounters of the Third Kind? I think watching it as an adult, the ending really hits different. Uh, when you're a kid, you're like, wow, he's going into space. And when you're an adult, you're like, well, you know, what about uh, Brad, Sylvia, and Toby 
He's leaving them behind. Uh, never seeing his kids again. <laughs> Those poor Neary kids. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I think a lot of people, even Spielberg has said he'd probably do it differently now that he has kids, uh, that ending. So, yeah. Yes, the attack on where he, where he gives instructions immediately to say, we got to go get my family. <laughs> yeah. And they get to come back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I agree 100%. When you're watching it now and you're like, you're, you're still a dad, yeah. <laughs> right? The movie's so uh, much about obsession. Some people can read into it. That's the creative process, right? Yeah. Uh, some people are reading this movie as a, a story of uh, Spielberg's parents divorcing. Um, but yeah, him leaving his family like that is, yeah, watching it now as an adult, I'm like, oh, dude, you got kids. Like, what, are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, yeah what are you doing? In fact, the end of Hook, I believe he says like, oh, family or something is the greatest adventure of all. Like he, he actually he actually walks this back, I think, quite successfully at the end of Hook. Um, where he's like, just living your life is the greatest adventure. Yeah. He's just thinking, they oh, had right. their chance. I was on the hood of a station wagon. I TJ hookered my wife, and she still left me. And so... Yeah. And by the way, props to Terry Gar. She is fantastic in everything she does. She is. Like Loki Max, like she's in some of my favorite movies. I mean, she's Young Frankenstein and uh, The Conversation. Mm. Oh, is she in The Conversation? She is in uh, The Conversation, yeah. And which Tootsie. is And Tootsie. Yeah. So good. And Mr. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. And Mr. Mom. She's <laughs> the mom in Mr. Mom. <laughs> she's Mrs. Mom. She's technically, she's technically more of the title than Michael Keaton. He's just the mister. She's the mom. So at the end of the movie, this is a spoiler alert. If you're listening at home and you haven't seen the movie yet, go la 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 for the next 10 seconds. Does everybody not get to go then in the red jumpsuits? Do they only choose him they to go? They only choose him. Yeah. Oh, okay. in, in fact, they're not in the, there's a long shot um, and the red jumpsuited guys are gone. <laughs> okay. They're off, they're off to the V set to play the visitors first arriving in V. Ridiculous outfit. Yeah. But there, uh, the ending that was sort of tacked on at the end for the home video version is uh, Spielberg said, uh, Spielberg, there was some edits Spielberg wanted to make, and the studio said something like, well, we'll let you do it if you show the inside of the spaceship. Mm. Right. And he went, <laughs> Okay. And uh, then he did. And then when the director's cut came out, the third cut of the film came out, it was all the edits that he had wanted to make minus the inside of the spaceship. Because he's like, that's, I don't, I never wanted that in the first place. (laughs) You know what struck me too about this? When I was a kid, uh, and again, if you haven't seen the movie, la la la, just for the next 10 seconds, the first thing that comes out of the spaceship is this big, crazy, tall alien. Oh, the daddy long legged spider alien. Yeah. Yeah. Did they not consider him? When they designed the spaceship, it's perfect for humans and little people, but this poor 12-foot guy has to crawl his, crawl his way out. As a tall person who owns a hatchback, I empathize. There you go. The other thing I thought was odd at the end of the movie, and I would appreciate your comments if you noticed this, and that is that there's a number of shots, close-up shots, on a bunch of people that we sort of know, but they're almost presented like, ah... The white-haired man's moment. You know, <laughs> the guy that's not Lloyd Bridges, you know the guy I mean? He's yeah, like, oh yeah, I know exactly who you mean. Or the, or the music guy. Like, it's presented like I've been watching the music guy all the way yeah. through the episode, <laughs> wait, or the show, waiting for his moment to go, bum, 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 What's nice about music guy is, I'm glad he gets his moment because he is the first person, the first human being um, that we knew of at that point to directly communicate that way with the aliens so good for him um but 
Once again, that was another thing that Katie noticed was, you know, the Spielberg shot, the, mm. the pulling in on the person who's staring at the amazing thing just off of, off, yes. off the camera. Um, first half of the movie, Katie's like, there's a lot of Spielberg shots in this. And I said, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> the last 20 minutes is just that. And, yeah. and it's great. And I love it. Just like these drinks and... The Close Encounter, is that what we're calling it? Unless we can come up with something better. The Greys? Roy, Roy Neary's Tears. Roy Neary's Tears is better. That's much better. The devil, was it the Devil's... Devil's Tower. Devil's Tower? Yeah. Barry's Mistake? Barry's Mistake. <laughs> Ice cream! Ice cream! Um, folks, if you decide to make this drink... Uh, please uh, send pictures and comments to sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. And if you have thoughts about Close Encounters of the Third Kind, goodness knows we could probably talk about it for another hour and a half. Um, <laughs> send your thoughts to sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you in the future. Because <laughs> this is a time travel movie. Good job. Oh, I blew it again! <laughs> I blew it again! Refresh my memory Refresh my memory